Bilingual in America. Tunei el loga fi America. Bilinguismo negli Stati Uniti. Bilingue in America. Ser bilingue in America. I'm Suzanne it almost goes without say that learning your partner's language is a deposit to creating a lasting relationship. While interlinguistic fluency is certainly not necessary for successful bilingual relationships to flourish, the act of learning a language for love is an investment, one that demonstrates a commitment and the desire to meet each other halfway. But as you'll hear, language is just a piece of the puzzle. It's about learning customs, traditions, and getting to know people and culture. Based on recent research, it seems that language might not be as big of a barrier as cultural differences. In my conversation with married inter-bilingual couple Claudia and Richard O'Reilly, there was a clear understanding of how their ability to cross over with language was one piece, but in living culture and traditions, they have been able to cross over and create a strong union. Let's listen in as they speak to me, Yarina Sension, about their relationship and their learnings. Claudia and Richard, thank you so much for joining us for this segment that we're doing this week. In what ways has being bilingual in the same languages enriched your relationship? Well, that's a great question. Um, if I think back, and so, and I, and I ask this question to myself every day. I, I've been married for, we have been married for almost 13 years. And, and I wonder why we are still like, especially nowadays, a lot of people, they, they get divorced after a couple of years, no? And I, and I wonder why we have been going through a lot. And I say, you know, that's because my husband is bilingual. Like, mm-hmm. for instance, when we, go, when we go to Mexico, that's where I'm from, he's able to, to communicate with my family. He's able to relate with my friends. And also, like being bilingual in, in, in our case, like it's not that we are just bilingual, like my husband, he understands the culture and that's, that's for me, a very important in my relationship. So I, what I hear you saying is that it's not just about the language, it's also understanding the culture, the traditions and the values of your, your first uh, heritage. Exactly. And also like, <laughs> he loved Mexican food. He loved to eat. So, and for me, that's uh, in our culture, uh, that's a way to show in love, like cooking for your loved ones. And, and he embraces all that. And for me, that's a very important in our relationship because I have friends that they are married with people that are bilingual too, but if they don't connect with the culture, uh, it is hard for them. And in our case, I feel that both the same way that he has been able to cross over with the language and the culture, I feel that I have, I'm doing that in this country as well. Got it. Oh, that's so beautiful. Uh, what about for you, Richard? Yeah, so um, I'm pretty fortunate, first of all, to have met some like Claudius. And languages are always something, I guess, uh, my dad encouraged me that I was good at. And I just always had a linguistic ear. I could repeat sounds. At the basic levels are about 
the younger you start, the, you know, the easier, you know, young kids are sponges. And as you get older, it gets harder. So I give Claudia a lot of credit. She didn't start learning English to around 23 years old. That's a lot different than even, let's say, a teenager. I give her a lot of credit because if you talk about the concepts of assimilation versus acculturation, the latter, she's done a great job as far as, uh, you know, getting used to a new culture, learning the ways of the culture in the United States. You know, English, of course, takes a it's a challenge. Uh, the, the, the spoken maybe comes a lot quicker than the writing, and uh, but she's she's worked very hard. She's also maintained her identity as a Mexican woman. I was her her heritage as a Mexican, as, as, as someone from that culture, is important to her, and I love it because she's again she she's done a great job learning a new culture and and, and keeping the culture that she was born and raised with. As far as language goes, I think I would explain it to my students and people who meet us as we're kind of like a, a different kind of couple, very outside the box, very uh, just lovers of different cultures. And as far as Spanish and English, we, we kind of make the languages. We speak each one separately. I think it depends on the mood that we're in. Obviously, let's say if there was an argument, I think she goes right into Spanish. <laughs> uh, That's <yeah>. true. <laughs> from the passion so, right <laughs> and uh i always tell her i say the american soap operas are on at 12 o'clock noon so nobody really watches the older generation but the latino ones are on at seven and eight prime time so that's the kind of uh you know the values out of it. but anyways uh we kind of turn it on and off as, as though it were a switch so none of this really kind of code switching where you might find in some border places with mexico united states maybe in puerto rican culture you know given their, uh, their bilingual background and that, and that type of thing, we kind of either will speak either English or Spanish. We don't really mix them, but it does switch back a lot mm -hmm. all the time. And sometimes I, I initiate as well in Spanish. So because the idea comes easier in Spanish to express. Some ideas don't translate so well, you know, in either language. So it's definitely been a plus to open up doors of, uh, you know, for friendships, relationships. When we travel, we recently had gone to Cuba and we just go and stay right with Cuban families in Airbnb. It was not really a problem. And for me, they're like, they, 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 they kind of get a kick out of this. Uh, you know, I use the word gringo. It's fine. I've, I've been more, that term for me is love. So they're like, oh, they, oh, you know, this gringo has flavor. He's like one of us. He likes, he likes our music. And I find that, that they, they give me a lot of love. People, for example, in Cuba, they treated me as if I was Cuban. I go to Mexico, they treat me like a Mexican. I lived in Venezuela for a semester in college 21 years ago. They, when I left the country, that basically was the gringo Venezolano. They said, you know, you're Venezuelan, you're one of us. So language has always been um, a blessing, uh, you know, and for me and in, in the relationship, it's, it's uh, really uh, made us, uh, you know, even love each other more. Yeah, so. and I forget that, like mm -hmm. uh, the dancing part for us, like for me, and I remember like growing up, I love to dance. And my mom, I remember my mom telling me one time, she's like, Claudia, I just hope that the day that you get married, you marry somebody that loves to dance. And we are dancers, like we love to dance, salsa, bachata, merengue, you name it. And, and I think that that brings, brings us closer in our relationship. I love all of that. And um, I can see that you truly have um, learned each other's cultures, adapted each other's cultures where you can declare them as your own. They're part of who you are and not like, this is you and this is me. It's really a, this is us. And I love what you're sharing about all of that. Um, as a couple, we we came together, we, we we put together our goals, our passions, and 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 now, like, I, 
we we live through our passion as he said we are thinking uh thinkers outside the box and anything anything is 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 how do you say impossible for us it's, like it's possible. it's possible i'm sorry it's possible for us i love that and you know what you said it just right you said impossible so have you seen that where it says impossible really means i'm possible right yeah. and so <laughs> Yes, so you are like the superhero couple of living <laughs> life large. Uh, did you want to add to any of that, Richard? So yes, yeah, so I, I think, uh, you know, one reason why, you know, I was always attracted to, you know, to my wife uh, for just, you know, much more than her great looks, obviously, is her intelligence and her openness about wanting to, you know, um, break the norm, go against the current of maybe the people that she grew up with. And she, her idea was to, to travel to a place in the United States and study and live for a year. She lived in Boston when we met each other. And I was living in Albany, New York. We met each other at a soccer game. It was Brazil versus uh, Mexico, the national team. I had studying uh, Portuguese. I approached her in, in Portuguese. She goes, I'm from Mexico in Spanish with authority. You better talk to me. Okay, I'm sorry. sorry. And anyways, but uh, instant connection between two open-minded people. Um, but she went against kind of like, you know, uh, the, uh, the, the idea of, you know, why would you travel all the way to Boston and, and just be around English speakers? And uh, it worked for her. It worked for her. And I can see how sometimes having goals in your life, you might feel a little bit lonely because uh, it's, you, you have that as a goal for yourself. And you don't want any, you know, and sometimes people naturally give their opinion and stuff like that. It could support you. They might not understand you, whatever. But if you want to do something in life, you go with it with everything you have. And so I mm -hmm. give her a lot of credit. She's a pioneer, the first in her family to, to leave uh, you know, her native land, the first in her family to, to earn a master's degree in bilingual education. I mean, she, she really set it up for her family. Her younger sister had moved in recent years here to New York. The family had come, um, you know, and they, they, these are people from Northwest Mexico, uh, very tough working people from a desert climate. It gets to be 110 degrees. Uh, and they had never in their life imagined to be looking at the Statue of Liberty or to be in Niagara Falls or to be in front of the White House. And so, you know, her parents throughout the years uh, in the beginning didn't really know me, you know, like that. And as we go to visit them, now they only ask for me. They don't even ask for her. <laughs> so true. <laughs> and I think those connections happen because of language and it feels empowering. We just always try to like share that with people like, like you know, the love that we have for languages, the love we have for international people, and uh, you know, people also that you know, immigrants that come to the United States that um, you can you know you can you can acculturate. You know, you don't have to lose your former culture. You can keep that your identity, but also learn another way. You know, it's, so it's it's a nice mixture that we have. It really <laughs> is. You have lovely balance sharing about your experience and what you've done with it. And so this brings me to our last question today. So you're both educators. And I'm sure you've encountered some great challenges. And I even want to throw in victories, right? And um, fostering that excitement around language. Like, well, what are some of your challenges with that or some of your victories with your students? I'm going to start with my victories. I feel that uh, because, as he said, I came to this country when I, I learned the language on the age of 24. Yeah. And, um, and when my when I'm in the classroom with my students, um, I really connect with them because if I see them getting stressed, nervous, I just see myself through them, and and it makes me feel it makes me feel very um, 
empathetic and, and compassion with the, with the students, the way that they feel. I use like different strategies that, I, that it worked for me that are still working for me because I haven't stopped learning English. And, and I tell them all the time, I say, you know, like the same way that you are learning Spanish, I'm learning English. So, and learning the language it takes day by day. So, and I think that, um, that all the strategies, strategies that I apply in myself, I am able to apply it with my students. And my challenges, um, um, my challenges, oh, that's, that's, as a teacher, you, you, you have many. But I was like um, that sometimes like learning, um, I would like to be able to teach more, more the culture of the language the students are learning. And because the curriculum, sometimes I feel limited to, to teach the, the culture. No, and I, I see that because one of the things that you said right at the start, both of you said right at the start of um, our conversation is, it's not just about language, it's about understanding the food, the culture, the traditions, uh, the people, right? And it's a, it's a complete experience, right? Because language is just one piece of that puzzle. And for you, Richard, who have been un caballero, um, <laughs> how would you, how would you uh, see your victories and challenges and creating that excitement and that love for students? So it's a great question. I think, uh, you know, we hit it early at the beginning of the interview, you know, just, you know, to be yourself, to be yourself. And that, that's the person you know best. Your students are getting to know you first and foremost. You have to have a love for young people in this profession, uh, you know, and then once you have a connection with your, with your students uh, at my level, you know, I teach 10th graders and 12th graders for college credit. So a lot of the kids uh, have taken the language for six, seven years. They might be a native speaker they might have be a heritage speaker, meaning their parents or grandparents were immigrants from a Spanish-speaking country. They might have uh, not be at the same level of you know language command and fluency that their parents have, but they but they have enough skill to be able to understand and to continue to grow, right? And then you have the non-native like myself, whose parents don't speak the native language, and so I think. Uh, my perspective as a non-native makes me, uh, you know, um, I have appeal with my students. I understand what it's like to sit where they are and, under, and, and learn Spanish, right? And I capitalize on the fact that I have native speakers in the classroom. Um, for example, if I have a Peruvian student, they might have ever studied about Cuba or about Mexico. So they might have the language and, and they might have the grammar background to be able to write. But, um, but the culture, I've been able to, I'm blessed to, you know, to be able to fuse those two together. Uh, mm -hmm. Vocab and grammar with uh, culture. I teach uh, a course that really I wrote. The, the um, I'm fortunate to you know been able to write the uh, throughout the last few years to write my own curriculum, and they become mini experts at about eight countries throughout the year. Countries that we deem most likely to uh, meet this group of natives in the United States here during you know co uh, their college experience or whatever they pursue after high school. So I really try to. Um, educate them on, you know, we start off with, we finished a month study in Cuba. So I'd start off and I teach them, you know, slang phrases. And then I teach them, you know, pre-Spanish colonial history through a book here. And then we did, uh, we did recent, um, you know, events in the, in, in the history. I have a guest speaker on my Google Meet, who's a, who's a native Cuban, who's a doctor who I know, you know, connections that I have, speak to the kids and present to them. So these are just a couple of techniques that, that I'd use to get them to see themselves if they came across to Cuban or Cuban American, they could have a conversation in Spanish. So it's much more than, 
you know, memorizing vocab words and, and learning the two form of tenere and the preterite. <laughs> uh, they're able to um, make connections and I, can, and I can motivate them through my own example. And that's the kind of, I always told myself, I wanna be the, the teacher for my students um, that, you know, if I was still a student, I would want this teacher to teach me. So I kind of have that always in my mind be the teacher that I would want to have, you know, mm. at this point in my life. But it's all, you know, you're always refining your craft. This is an art form. And, uh, you know, unless you're in a career, you know, I have a lot of respect for the careers out there. I think what we do is one of the jobs out there. And, Absolutely. and uh, we have, have, and you know, helping them to get to the next level. And for, and for me is I, I really want the kids to, uh, you know, to minor in Spanish and, and to work this in, into their future career. And for the most part, it's been good. I get a lot of feedback from students, emails, uh, from parents. I, I keep these because my wife says, you know, you don't ever keep these. You, you should put these in a memory box. One day when you're older, you're like reading these again. So I started to do that. I, I every time when I, when I read the emails that the students uh, send to him. Or gifts they bring yes, from uh -huh. their countries. And because stuff. I say, wow, that's beautiful. The way that they express uh, about, about my husband is like, that's beautiful. And you're right, teaching is a craft, it's something that we're constantly refining and fine tuning and polishing and, you know, and but with that, I wanna thank you for your time. Um, this, you're a beautiful exemplar couple and um, I hope that, that people see what's possible when you embrace language and culture with a different lens and make it your own and make it a part of you. And I also wanna thank you for all the contributions that you make in the world every single day through your craft and through your teaching. So I thank you, Claudia and Richard O'Reilly for being with me today. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks a lot for your time. It was our pleasure. Thank you. Gracias. <laughs> Even though Claudia and Richard come from different cultures, they have a shared vision of life that transcends those differences. Through Claudia and Richard, we are present to what's possible. With their strong commitment to each other and their life mission as educators, we see that cultural differences can enhance marriage by bringing a new level of richness, beauty, and tradition. Thank you for your interest in the stories we share. By sharing, following, and liking our podcast on anchor.fm Bilingual in America and our Instagram blog at bilingualinamerica.podcast, you are speaking your beauty. We welcome your comments and feedback. Follow us, like us, share us.